Hi, everybody. Welcome to the conversation. I am Mesa Al-Hassan. I think this is the first time that I'm actually hosting the conversation. It's a very special one, too. We have comedian, creator of Hulu's series Rami, actor, star of HBO's special Feelings, and a Golden Globe winner, Rami Youssef. Yay! Hey, Mesa. Hey, Mesa. I'm glad. I'm glad to be the the first the first uh, guest on 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 you hosting it. Want to have it any other way? I also forgot to add one thing in that intro, that exuberant intro. You are also most recently a GQ star. <laughs> See some of the images there um, in a second, but um, I might even be a little bit more. Yeah, here we go. I might even be a little bit more envious of this than the Golden Globe nomination. And I shouldn't say admiration because we actually have an episode on this season about the fact that envy can lead you to certain things. But you're wearing $4,000 Gucci coats. And I live in Los Angeles. I I should not have that deep envy, but you look great. Thank you for that. Uh, Thank you for doing that for the culture. Um, (laughs) Before we dive into what you're here for, which is we're going to have a conversation about season two of Rami was critically acclaimed for a season. You were um, nominated for a Golden Globe for your acting on that show and you won it. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But season two drops May 29th. And again, it's already getting rave reviews. And we're going to delve deep. We have a whole 22 minutes, half hour to have this conversation. I want to start, though, by going a little bit back. Um, And Actually, before I do that, I want to be a little transparent. Rami and I have known each other for about a decade now. So it's been quite a pleasure to watch this journey of somebody who started out working at an Apple store, going to school, going to acting classes, and then made his way through the comedy circuit in New York to LA. And now he's here doing all the things that I mentioned under the age of 30. I don't know if you guys can believe that, but that's absolutely true. You did know me when I was at the Apple store, huh? I remember that. Yeah, you gave me solid tips. Solid tips. You were always a good friend. Basically, the moral of the story. But I want to go back to that even a little bit before. When, for you, did comedy leave a mark on your soul? That might sound pretty heavy, but was there a joke? Was there a set? Was there a punchline? that for you transformed everything. This is my way of life now. Um, I think the first time I really experienced comedy was my uncle, uh, maybe I was nine or 10, um, letting me listen to some Carlin albums that you know my parents definitely wouldn't have wanted me to listen to. And I remember just like being really blown away by the perspective and, and how something so political could be so funny. And I felt like from a really early age, politics was just such a, a thing that was talked about in my household and and kind of defined um, a, a lot of our you know experiences uh, as uh, immigrants uh, from the Arab world and and so um, Carlin just kind of blew my mind. I remember then afterwards, John Stewart really blew my mind. Chappelle, just all these people who I was like really in awe of. And then um, yeah, for me, I, I was always making things. I kind of just like was was you know from an early age. I think I bought my first camera when I was in like the third grade, um, back when like Amazon would take like two months to ship. 
Um, but but I was I was making things, and then it it very slowly grew into like being on camera, writing. Eventually became stand up, and then kind of circled back now with Rami into you know making things in a, in a really you know full way. Yeah, what I love about your comedy and what the Rami series does is that it is not ruled over by politics in a didactic way. Politics is interwoven into the story. So let's jump into the conversation of what Rami is about. I've seen it written as semi-autobiographical. I really love the way that you describe it as emotionally autobiographical story of overlapping identities, uh, of a family that has overlapping identities, Egyptian, Muslim, and Jersey folks. Um, <laughs> and all those matter, all those play into the story that you're telling about not just Rami, the title character, who you play in the show, his journey, but the people around him, his friends, his family, his mom and dad. What does it mean to continue to have a relationship as an immigrant in America, in Jersey, in a post 9-11 moment in season one, you did deal with what happened when the character of Rami was in school when 9-11 happened in Jersey. But there is this atmosphere that's happening in the back of the story of these characters. And I just want you to delve into a little bit of why now, what's the urgency of the storytelling? And I want, I want you to think about, um, you know, I'm sure it gets overdone how people talk about representation matters as a hashtag, but, um, I love what writer Hanif uh, Willis Abdurraqib says about representation, which is that representation can be simply the ability to imagine a shared experience with somebody who's larger than life and how your characters do that work instead of just mm. filling in for the Muslim experience. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, creating this family that is, um, you know, and, and creating this character that I think the semi-autobiographical is, 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 is obviously a big point, right? Where um, for me, it's, it's putting a lot of emotions into the fiction space. And what I'm really interested, if there's one thing I'm really interested in uh, representing in, in a show like this, um, it, it's actually a little bit bigger than um, even calling it straight up a Muslim story, but it's, it's the story of someone of my generation um, trying to grapple with uh, having genuine faith um, and, and being, you know, someone who's driven by his ego, by desires, by the world around him and still trying to hold on to his faith. Um, and, and, and to me, that is the most interesting thing um, to try and zone in on, because I think that whether someone is a person of faith or not, everyone is really wrestling with their higher self and their lower self. Um, and, and everyone is really trying to deal with, you know, who they want to be and, and who they actually are. And so this show is about that wrestling match and it's about a family that's going through that. Um, and then we add the layers that they are Egyptian. Uh, then we add the layers that they are Muslim. And then we add uh, a lot of the specifics that they're from New Jersey. Um, but, you know, I, I think in terms of like representation, um, this often gets billed as like the Muslim show or something like that. Um, and that's obviously like a, a very difficult thing to pin down, especially because um, a Muslim identity is, is so varied and, and um, is really not, you know, it doesn't really belong to one race, one group, certainly not one family, definitely not one show. Um, but th those are the, the things that I think um, seeing again, like someone like myself, but uh, who, who's really um, 
earnestly trying to be a part of his faith without mocking the faith, which is definitely something unique uh, for comedy. Even some of my favorite references that I listed between Carlin and Stewart and Chappelle, you know, maybe not Chappelle, but I would say between Carlin and Stewart definitely are like, you know, I, Carlin jokes about God, like, you know, for most of his comedy um, uh, against God, you know, um, so so we certainly are taking a different approach here. Yeah, and this season, there's an uptick around the stakes of faith. And there is an introduction of a new character. We're gonna see a clip in a second. Um, and let's let's just jump into it and see what a taste of the season feels like, tastes like. I feel like I have this, uh, this emptiness, like this hole inside me that, that I keep trying to fill, but I can't. And, and, and I've tried to fill it with with sex and, 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 and porn. But it only makes things worse. It's like the more people I'm with, the lonelier I feel. I went to Egypt to, to try and find something and I just made my whole life worse. I, I want you to be my teacher. I want to take the bay. I, I want to kill my ego. How do I know I'm not just another one of your desires? I don't want to have sex with you. I didn't think you did. Okay. So there's a very special character that's featured throughout this season that's double Academy Award winning actor Mahershala Ali, who is a very interesting story of how he came into the show. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, um, it, it was really cool. I mean, it was just like a, a friendly call from from him. He's also a practicing uh, Muslim, and he was just um, being very congratulatory. And, and 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 it was funny. I think he was like, I don't mean to be condescending, but I'm just proud of the work that you've done. And, and you know, he, he was just being really nice. And it, it kind of turned into us realizing, oh, we should just hang out. That would be really fun. Uh, and, and I think, you know, it was just nice to feel like, you know, I made a friend and then at a certain point as friends often do, he's like, let me know if you need anything. And then after like about a week, I was like, Hey man, so I might maybe about that part about needing something like you want to be on the show. And, uh, and, and it, and it, he was very excited too. And I think at first we were like, yeah, one or two episodes. And then when we really realized we wanted him to play this character of the Sheikh, which, um, initially had been planned as something that would happen towards the end of the second season. I really wanted to create uh, a character who uh, was a religious figure and leader that was like one we hadn't seen before. I think usually when we see religious figures, they're uh, painted in, in a light that's kind of caricature, you know, a caricature or someone who is a, a massive hypocrite, you know, like the, the priest who does cocaine, like whatever it might be, or, or you know, something kind of cartoonish. And I really wanted to create uh, someone who looked like the people that I know who, who've been transformed by faith and, and are like really just amazing people, uh, not that they're not complicated, um, not that they're not human, but um, they really are kind of beacons of, of, of the faith and of this belief. And, and, and I told him that's what I wanted to do with a character that I felt like really only he could play. And, and so it kind of went from this like one to two episode idea to being something that, um, you know, is, is the backbone of our, our season, this relationship between um, Rami and, and, and his shape. Well, let's talk about a little bit of the framing that the media has kind of held on to with this character and then talk about the process of how you develop the Sheikh character because I think people assume, oh, Rami's Muslim. He knows how to write all these characters, which is 
so not how writing stories, how writing character happens. And again, transparency, I'm actually a creative advisor and a writer in Rami's room. And I learned a great deal about this whole process through Rami, through working on the show. But I've seen a lot of journalists, um, entertainment writers frame him as part of this emergence of the sexy cleric that borders between the religious commitment and sexual desire to create this taboo. But that's not actually what's happening. And also, I think that a lot of these writers don't come from a Muslim background and they don't realize that for clergy, that is not a taboo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of layers. Um, Some of it, I think, was like trying to allude to. And it was really, I think it was even something that we realized in the room, which was funny because I think we were, you know, pretty well into writing these things. And then, you know, we were also saw like, I think before I even was aware of what, you know, Fleabag had done, they had a hot priest. Um, yes. Obviously, this is way different. So I think some of those parallels uh, are, are Mahershala kind of is hot. <laughs> I mean, I, and I think part of it is just <laughs> that he's hot. You know, I mean, you can't really, you can't write that he's hot. He's just, he just is. Um, and so, you know, yeah, I, I do think, though, that um, in terms of framing around a character like this, it's going to mean different things for a lot of different people. Certain people are going to see him even as like mystical or something. But I think anyone who is within the faith kind of looks at, at him and, and is like, oh, this is a shape. This is what a shape is like. You know, this isn't like we didn't really even apply any sort of, you know, anything other than this is someone who, you know, again, is transformed by the faith, embodies it. And and this is what a lot of um, these people do feel like. Yeah. Let's pull back a little bit and talk about process around the characters. You have a sister character named Dina, you have a mother, you have a father, you have a racist homophobic uncle named Uncle Nassim, uh, you have um, a disabled friend who has muscular dystrophy named Steve, who's your real life friend. Yeah. How do you make sure to create full characters that stand in their truth? Let's Let's talk about the process and also yeah. the process around this in a time of Corona. You've been nonstop trying to yeah. put things together and yeah. you had the added layer of not being able to do certain things to get the season prepared for your launch date. Yeah. So there's um, two steps to the process, I think. So taking kind of the first part of it, I think as we're kind of crafting things that happened in this um in, in this season, you know, even especially so much of it came from conversations with our performers, with our actors. I mean, you brought up Steve, um, the, the nexus of like kind of the idea we went with, um, is based on a real life problem that he has as a disabled person. And just in him venting that to me, we built a whole episode around it because I always want in the same way that for my character, it's something that happens to me. Uh, or I felt, and then we dramatize it, we turn it into something else. I want to afford um, my actors to kind of like have the ability to do that with their stories. And so doing that with Steve is obviously so natural because he he has such a mastery over his voice and over, you know, his performance and, and, and what he brings to the table. Um, and then a character like Dina, um, you know, played by Mae Kalamawi, who, who's amazing. Her episode came out of a conversation with her where you know, she was really open with me in, in discussing, like, experiencing alopecia and, like, how weird it felt for her to be, like, you know, having this, like, massive thing happen to her and, um, you know, as a woman, but then also, like, 
culturally, because we come from the same faith, we come from the same culture, kind of worrying like, wait, has, have I, is this because I did something wrong? Is this because I, like, did I get the eye? Did this thing kind of happen? And it's such a big part of our culture. And it's something that um, when she first brought it up, it, it so struck me as like, we're talking about faith and this is like a big part of it that needs to be kind of discussed because a lot of people like the Rami character maybe come at it from this place of like genuine need to transform. But a lot of people approach faith from superstition and, 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 and uh, you know, from these elements of like protection and these elements of um, it's, it's almost a more like defensive, you know, uh, way into it. And, and so um, to see, um, you know, her kind of grapple with that and the legitimacy or the non-legitimacy of that, you know, and, and kind of the history of that and, and, and uh, all of those things, um, again, felt really real to her. And so like you watch that and you see her performance and you're like, whoa, it really feels like she's going through it. And, and it's kind of exciting because, you know, on a level uh, she did. And, and so I think like th that's something that's really exciting. Um, again, for me with, it's not with every episode by any means, but when we get the opportunity to be able to do it, it's really cool. And then a lot of the times, again, it's like growing our characters to the places that we feel like they should go. Um, after we've learned about them, we learned about them from season one. And then, you know, hopefully, you know, we, we learn more from season two and can kind of incorporate it. Um, so yeah, making those things was interesting. And then also like getting this show out the door, obviously, like you said, the Corona situation, um, provided its own layers of like, you know, we missed three days of shooting, which impacted actually couple of the episodes we're talking about right now, it impacted a Dina episode, it had impacted um, a different one. And so it's figuring out fixes. And so like, you're constantly kind of being like, okay, well, you have to trust you've got enough pieces throughout a season that you can kind of, you know, this is a family and it's almost like, okay, let me take this from here and this from here and we'll figure out that way. And, you know, uh, we, we figured out a lot of things that I'm, I'm very proud of what we put together, but it's also been like this added layer of a, of a creative um, challenge, you know. And I just want to let folks know, make a little bit of the connection when I said in the beginning of this episode that I didn't want to give Rami the envy vibes. That's what the evil eye is connected to. <laughs> so we have an all, a whole episode exploring that if you're interested in looking into that. I do want to jump into making this not just in a time of Corona, but in a time of Trump. So um, I wrote this report about 100 years of representing Muslims in Hollywood and film and, well, TV and film in Hollywood. And um, there was something really interesting happening in the 2016 election with it. A lot of showrunners of shows like Homeland 24 were feeling guilty because they felt like they created storylines and characters that might've influenced and pushed voters in the direction of electing Trump. So there was this moment of reckoning. Hollywood was opening up to stories and characters, adding them to Legends of Tomorrow, to you know different types of shows, a Muslim character here, a Muslim character there, and your show gets greenlit after Trump gets elected. What does it mean to make your art in a time of Trump? Um, yeah, you know, it's I think I think when Donald Glover won his Emmy, he said like thanks to to Trump or something like that. There was like some moment. Um, uh, you know, I, so I think there's like a little bit of a recognition where I, I think what he. I, I less like to frame it as a time of Trump and more just as like a time of clarity and a time of reckoning of like, this is kind of who we are and who we've been. And so like, I, I less credit it to, I think all he's really brought to the table is kind of clarity of where we actually sit and where we are. And to make this show during that time, um, you know, it, it it's definitely something that like the show doesn't need on a level. I think so many of the things, again, like 
from where I started. What we're talking about here is like a, a story of someone grappling with their faith. In my mind, that's timeless. You know, there are political layers to this show, but the politics is mostly assigned to it because of the era that we're in and less something that we even as like show creators put onto the show. So I think like things sometimes and identities are just inherently political, um, whether we want them to be or not. And so this is a show about people dealing with their loneliness and dealing with their problems. Some of those are a side effect of politics, but by no means are these things that like wouldn't be going on at any other time. So like, I, I don't really predicate anything that I make on the fact that this dude's in the White House or not. It really doesn't matter, nor does the plot really. He, he's barely mentioned, um, but it, it, you know, so it's, this isn't like a, you know, a middle finger to him by any means. Yeah. This is, again, like a uh, an opportunity for, for people to like meet um, people who are kind of in the middle of wrestling with different versions of themselves, which I think all of us are. And, and in that sense, this is a time in which that um, is very, um, you know, very pertinent and, and, and I think, you know, timely. Well, you, what's really interesting is you have a knack for timing because one of the next shows that you're working on is about Steve. It's about a disabled person and the disabled community, which gets very little play on air. So glad you are doing this work, but it's also somebody that our current president explicitly made fun of was a disabled reporter. So it, it's such imperative work to be doing in this moment. Unfortunately, we the conversation already went. <laughs> we have to wrap up. In a couple of sentences, what are you most excited about people seeing this season on Rami? I'm, I'm just excited for um, the conversations that, um, that people will have, um, you know, all of them, like in their totality. This is a show that is built to be loved. It's built to be criticized. It's built to be discussed. Um, and, um, uh, you know, I'm very excited to, to, to see that happen. And, and I just, you know, excited for people to laugh, you know, hopefully we, we, we could all kind of like, yeah, use that right now. Thank you so much. Rami Youssef, Golden Globe winner, GQ star. Thank you for coming on the conversation. Thanks, baby.